Hello and welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And if you're new to the podcast, just a quick introduction. The Embrace Your Destiny podcast is all about sharing the journeys of women who have gone through a challenging time in their life. They're here to share the journey that they experienced, um, the lessons they learned, and to offer advice to anyone who might be going through something similar in their own life right now. And really the whole purpose of this is to offer inspiration and hope and just motivation to take your own life to the next level and know that whatever darkness you may be experiencing now is only temporary, although it might not feel like it at the moment. And today my guest is Sandy Rocourt and she is a creative writer, speaker, and strategic transformational educator who helps clients turn the tragedy of loss and heartbreak into the strength needed to rebuild their lives. Sandy is currently completing her memoir by the winter of 2019. After going through multiple traumatic losses in a short three-year span, Sandy found triumph when she discovered a library of personal development books that her now-deceased sister had collected. Her journey of self-discovery led Sandy to become a graduate of the acclaimed Robbins Medane's Life Coach Training Program and dedicate her life to empowering others to develop their own toolbox to overcome life's storms. Today, Sandy works with clients through group coaching and speaking engagements to teach you how to move beyond the pain of grief and loss in order to create happiness, build stronger relationships, and live with intention and fulfillment. So thank you so much for being my guest today, Sandy. So Sandy, why don't we start off with you sharing the piece of your journey that um, led you to where you are today? Sure, definitely. Um, the journey started after, um, as you read my bio, thank you so much for that. Um, started after the series of traumatic events that had happened to me, but it really started when my um, father passed away. He was the last one that um, passed on and, and I had three of my family members. Um, those are my close knit family members. Um, where my mother passed away first, <laughs> which was on uh, 2013 from pancreatic cancer. And then 11 months later was my sister. Um, she passed away from breast cancer. And three months after my sister, then my father passed away from a heart attack. And I felt like that was a, he would just die from a broken heart. And after my after my father died, I did go through these trials and tribulations of darkness, um, despair, loneliness, heartbreak, uh, emotional, emotional distress, because this was such a long journey for me, a long set of hurtfulness that I did not understand. I couldn't know, I did not know who ever experienced something like that. And it was just me alone to create a new life for me without having any of my family members. The right. Yeah, to lose three, like your mom, your sister and your dad back to back to back has gotta be soul crushing. Oh, of course. I mean, out of nowhere, it was like, who's who's been there? Who can I talk to to talk about? Right. Yeah. You know, does anyone has anyone gone through that? I, I, I checked. I even I even went online and I said, did anyone ever went through this tragedy? And 
And then all I could think of is Vice President Biden early on, on his life, you know, his life career or anything when his wife, um, his first wife passed away through a crash. And then I think a, a family, another family member died too, one of his kids. So, but that wasn't, it still wasn't the same to me. I just felt like, I, I don't know if that makes sense to me or what have you, but it was kind of, it was detrimental to my health and to my mentality. Like wh who, who go, who can go on from living, having this good family values, you know, because my parents were, were hardworking parents. They were, you know, made sure that me and my sister went to school. They provided us, they were, they provided us a roof overhead, clothes on our back, food to eat. And, and to go from that to now not having anyone anymore was really hurtful. And, and I did go through my, um, dark, darkest hour, <laughs> not the darkest hour, but it took a whole year and a half to really overcome this um, issue of alcoholism and attempted suicide. I mean, that's one of the things that drawn me to just say, why, why would I want to stay in this world when no one cares at this point? You know, does anyone have any concern about me making the um, change does anyone want to help me I mean it, it was a it was a process and it was scary and I thought I would never make it I, I really really have to say seriously it really really put me into a path of not wanting to be in this world ever again um, but however um, the way it changed for me was for um, my sister's um, personalized journals and her self-development books, which was such a shocking to me, was like, I had no idea she was into personal development. And I guess that's why when she had her breast cancer before she died, she had the breast cancer for the eight years and she was remission, but it came back. I mean, I think she couldn't take my mother's death too lightly. Um, so, um, the cancer did come back for her and she passed away. So I went ahead and started to recollect, collect some of these books, which were very, very helpful for me to pick up the pieces of what I needed to work on. Um, because I didn't have any of the family members or any other friends, um, and by the way, the friends that I used to have, they also walked away. So that's even worse, <laughs> you know. Um, but after reading um, the first book that came was the Money Master Program, which was through Tony Robbins. And the Money Masters really opened the light, for shed the light for me to really get down and dirty and understand the financial burdens I had to, that I had acquired and I needed to go ahead and make um, some changes in the financial world and make sure that my dad's attorney was available, you know, cause he was available. He was ready for me to work with him, but he didn't know what I was doing. So he, he, he locked everything up. Like all the financial stuff was all locked away or anything for me. So I couldn't touch anything at the moment, even though I'm above age, I should take it. Right. But, um, thankfully he, he did lock it. He locked me out of it. Um, which, which was okay. I mean, that was just a message for me to really, really dig deep and really know 
what I needed to work on. Right. And get yourself in order. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as far as money wise, I mean, to me, I just didn't care because I just felt like I, I, I don't even know what to do. I mean, I miss my mom. And plus, I'm in the house where I grew up. Hmm. I'm living there. And at least I don't have to worry about rent or anything like that. I just have to worry about paying the bills in that part and that, you know, the expenses that had to be paid, you know, property tax, whatever, you know, the maintenance, which was hard work because <laughs> I had to find all that paperwork, but my dad was very organized. So, um, doing, doing the, um, reading the book, which is a 400 page book took me to the next level of learning how to manage my money wisely. And that was my first step in opening up about budgeting and wising. I mean, I was still closed, but I was just close-minded to anyone that I, I didn't share anything to anybody right now because I just felt like this is my work and I needed to do it on my own and figure it out on my own. And I have to say, books really do save you, you, you know, instead of TV, because, you know, with all the political noise that's going on, you'd be surprised how books really do make a change in your life because it did. It really made me open up and, and understand that I do have a second chance in life and to take the initiative to do better with my life. Yeah, I would say that um, I can testify to that as well, because books really helped me out of my own dark night of the soul after losing my dad and having issues with my mom afterwards and all that stuff. It was, yeah, what helped me to um, believe that there was light at the end of the tunnel, because I was... I'm sure much like you in a very dark place. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in that place, you don't think that there's any way out of it. It takes time. And I think sometimes just exhaustion with being in that dark place, you know, like you, you haven't seen the light in such a long time, but you miss it. <laughs> and, yes. Um, yes. you know, and you want, and you want to, to feel a little bit of that again. So you're just reaching for a better feeling whether and knowing that that's not going to go from being extremely depressed to being overjoyed all the time, but just trying to find a way out of it step by step. Yes, I agree. I mean, I was at my darkest hour. I mean, I know I said hour. It's not an hour. It's actually a year and a half. Right. Yes. <laughs> it was a long time. Yeah, it, it's, it's a long time, um, Sandra. And I... You know, I, I can't believe how much has changed throughout this journey for me um, because I'm still standing here and, you know, without my family members and I'm doing a lot on my own. And uh, it's it's been a it's been an up and down emotional. <laughs> I've been having those emotional patterns doing all the work and, and sometimes I cry for help. And I ask for help and, and I do the best I can and everything. And when I do ask for help, I find that they can't do it for me, you know, and I do. And I, I, I've done, I think I, I think, no, I have asked around for people for support, but they weren't available. They weren't available for my emotional needs. And that was hurtful even, you know? Yeah. I get that too, because, um, I mean, grief is a, is a, it's such a, a different beast, you know what I mean? And I think until you experience that kind of 
loss for yourself, it's very hard to empathize in a deep way with someone else who's going through that. Do you know what I mean? Because you can say all the cliches about, you know, everything happens for a reason and this too shall pass and all this other stuff. But until you've really gone through it, you can't really be there. And I think the way that people who are going through it really need, you know what I mean? Because sometimes it's not about hearing comforting words. It's just about filling that space, just being there so that you don't feel so isolated and so alone. Yes, it's yeah. true. No, it's true. I mean, that, I I really felt really alone for the last year and a half, and um, it, it really it was really hard work and really getting to understand that I have a purpose in life, you know, because drinking alcohol was just a temporary setback, you know for us to hide our feelings because some of us do hide our pain. You don't want to share it because of shame, grief, shame, you know? Right. Or you just want to numb yourself from what you're feeling. Right. And just pretend that for a minute or an hour, whatever, that, 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 that reality doesn't exist. Exactly. Exactly. That's what happened. I mean, it's, it's a challenge, Sandra, I tell you, and, I, and I'm glad that we're having this discussion because this is really allow me to open up and share with others that you do have an opportunity to make a change in your life. If you just take the time to look inside within and see what areas of emotional patterns that you can identify to overcome this grief so that you can bring joy life, you know, bring joy back into your life. Yeah. Because I think that when you're going through those dark times, the fact that you could ever experience joy again feels like such a far away thing. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I I, I didn't expect that I will, I'll get it and everything. I mean, I mean, now I today, as of today, now I'm I'm feeling much better than ever. I feel awesome because I was able to do so much in such little time and get ready for a new adventure of my life in helping others. Now, after because what happened is you have to go through these pain and suffering first before I can go ahead and help others. So that's what I had to go through. So I did some extensive um, personal development. I went through a, um, I I went to Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within, which has a very special message in there, which was once you walk through fire, because I walk through fire, because he has this special Um, event where you got to walk on hot coals and everything and walk through. And the message was like, once you walk through fire, life will never be the same. And that's what happened to me at the end of 2017. I realized that my life will never be the same. My parents are not coming back. Um, They're with you spiritually, but then, you know, they're not with you physically, but now you have an opportunity to take on that role to start increasing your life and, you know, to increase your life, to be a better version of yourself. Right. So just because they're gone and life won't be the same, doesn't mean that life will never be good again. It just means that life is going to be different and we get to choose whether that's different in a positive way or in a negative way. 
Yeah. Sandy, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from this experience? Um, you have to learn. The biggest experience was for me was that I started learning how to over, how to know my boundaries now more than ever, because at that moment I was a people pleaser. I was pleasing people at this moment just to have someone be my friend just to have someone connect with me, someone to support me, to provide the affection that I was looking for. I know that place well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Isn't that something? I was, I'm, because I'm actually writing an article about it, so funny, and about the pitfalls and the promotion of a people pleaser. And I, that was something I really have to, take that, that, that be more valuable to myself, know my worth instead of trying to accommodate others that don't even see the value in you. They want, you're just helping them to increase their emotional advancement. Whereas me, where, where do I get it? Right. Right. There's no reciprocity. Exactly. And it's a shame that we, you know, that, you know, some of us, we, we fall into that trap and, and there are, and there's, and there, and I see them out there. They're out there still, because when I walk in, oh, oh yeah, sure. just, I'm watching yeah. some of these and some of the women out there too, they are doing so much work just to have the significance, to have that hardness. And the reason why I connect with them so much is because I was that person, but I feel like it's a message to God for me to tr- see if they want help, you know, if they want me to help make their changes in life and everything. And some do, and some don't, some want to stay in that, in that realm. And then there's others that say, no, I want to, I want to see what's this about. I want to make a change in my life because look at you, you inspire me. What can I do better? So. Yeah. I think it was uh, T.D. Jakes that I heard say one time that a relationship without reciprocity is doomed to die. Yes, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that that's something that, um, especially as women, that we need to take heed to, right? That I think that sometimes we can give and give and give and just not have anything left for ourselves. And then we're left in a place of being overwhelmed, frustrated, and often resentful for doing things that um, we think is supposed to make other people happy, but we don't get any of the positive feedback. We don't get any appreciation for it. It's kind of taken for granted. Oh yeah. I, I learned because the thing, the people that I pleased the most was my mom because my mom, I pleased her all the time. Cause you know why? Cause she gave the love and affection back to me. And I would, I would right. never run away from her or anything like that because even the friends that used to be my friends, they say, wow, you have such a close bond with your mom because some women don't have that close bond with my mom, but I do because whenever my mom says, let's do this, let's do this, I'm going to go with her because guess what? She was my, she was my road dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> she was my vacation person. We went away together. I mean, this woman was, uh, she was amazing. And I guess that's what happened with me. I just took on some, I wanted someone to be like my mother or something. And, and created this, this, um, unique, um, imposter syndrome for these people to be, be like my mom for, please, I want you to give me, reciprocate back to me. Let me have that love back. But, um, 
But after what I went through, I realized that there's no one's going to replace my mom. No, no, definitely not. No, no one's going to replace my mom. I mean, my dad, I had a good relationship with my dad. My sister was like a little uneven and it's in the book. <laughs> so we're still working on it and everything else. We're on edits, actually. Um, I have an appointment later with my editor today. She's like, she's really um, going to help with this book and everything. She's been really helpful with me. But, um, but you know what helped me the most was writing. Like creative writing really got me to really open up all my emotional patterns, really to know who I am, what, who my creator was. It was about loving yourself. It's about self-love. And I started becoming a person of interest. Like people are drawn to me now more than ever. When I walk down, people are like, oh, who's she? Blah, blah, blah. And some people go on the internet. And you know, nowadays, all your messages on the internet too. So right. You get it. Everyone thinks you're, you're a star. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. But you know, but they're going to look on the internet and they're going to see about my family because that's something I can't hide. And I, and that's what made me come out a little bit because I felt like if you're going to read in the internet, might as well just tell the, share my story and be able right. to help others. Become- Put it out there. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Sandy, what advice would you give to somebody who's going through that grieving process right now? They've lost family members and they're, and they're struggling. My advice is to take on yourself, look at yourself Take a look at yourself in the mirror and really talk to yourself and really look deep within, look into your core and really say to yourself, am I worth being in this earth? What is my purpose in in this world? And then write it down because that's what happened with me. I started um, writing a lot, like writing became a habit for me. That's why I blogged. And now I'm <laughs> writing a book, which is exciting. And then I did a coaching and now I'm ready to coach others, you know, educate others on how to um, build your strength from within because it's all about your inner strength. And that's what happened with me. I started looking within instead of the exterior because in the exterior, people are always going to judge you anyway, right? Right which is like, why are you judging me? You have no idea what I've been through, you know? And um, I just feel like the people that ask me, how did you overcome it? I just, you know, I tell them simple, it's a simple process. I mean, yes, therapy, but it's also yourself to really, really be in your, look into your heart. That's what I did. And that's what I've been working on was my heart. Who do I love the most? You know, who, I mean, yes, if you have family members, I understand you love your kids and everything, but did you get a chance to understand that who you are, you know, you don't want to let anybody else take that power away from you because now that I become my own better version, I don't let anyone take that power away. And I think that's why some people don't want to hang out with me because I have the strength of being that person who is strong and will say something to you that is truthful. And to me, I just said to myself, why doesn't anyone like the truth anymore? I thought people want the truth. No, it's like um, Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men, right? You can't handle the truth. Yeah. 
like, I just come out and just say what I need to say. Because here's a, I'll tell you a little quick story. Of, and I, I did mention about the internet. I went on a, a date and it was an internet date, right? Those, those online dating thing, right? I don't even know why I did it, but I... <laughs> I you gave it a try. So let me give it a try, see what's it about. I went on this date and, you know, it seemed like it was a good fit for both of us or anything like that. But when I went on this date, <laughs> it was unreal for me. So all of a sudden we, we sat down, we talked and everything. Then he got into the story about what happened to your family out of the blue. Like, why would you ask me about the family when I just known you first time? I think it's just right. Zoom. Let's ease into that, shall we? Right. It's <laughs> Zoom. And so he had the audacity to tell me. And that's when I said, OK, I'm not mad at him, but I'm glad he's truthful that he Google right. searched me. And I said, uh, OK, got it. Thank you. And that was an eye opener for me to realize that I really need to work on myself because to me, for you to find out about me and plus you went on the internet and was able to get my first and last name and saw that I went through a hell of a tragedy. Right. And then push you for answers when, I mean, if you were comfortable with him, eventually that stuff would come out anyway. Oh yeah. I, I, I was not even comfortable to tell him right away right. Said to him. Like, look, this is the first meeting. I think we're going to, I, and I wasn't trying, it's just that I, I accepted the truth that he went and said that to me, that he Google searched me. And, and, um, I thought guys don't do that. <laughs> I said, guys, Google search. No, I thought they were just like, la di da, la di da. They were just visual creatures, you know, but but I said to myself, I was wrong. And you know what? It's fine. He gave me. And so that's why I just feel like um, when that happened to me, I just feel like <laughs> I took it in so quietly and nicely and humble myself about it. But I didn't pursue him because I just felt like it wasn't it was not the perfect time for me to discuss that with him, you know, because right. this is something that's I'm, I'm cleansing my system. I'm doing rituals and everything. And then ever since then, I, I, I don't do online dating. I just meet people face to face. But even in that world, it's still a little challenging also too. But I, I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to just continue on working on myself. And that's what I want people to do. Because at the end of the day, it works. It helps because people see a light on you all the time when you shine, especially when I'm walking around, people are smiling at me. Hello, how you doing? You know, <laughs> what's going on with you? So it's, it's, it's really, it's really a good um, um, tool tip for me to let people know that if they can just um, look at, look at themselves within and really take a deep dive into their inner self. Yeah. And I think the only thing I would add to that from my own personal experience is that you just have to be patient with yourself and the grieving process yeah. because, you know, there are going to be people who are like, OK, that happened six months ago. Aren't you over it yet? And, you know, for some people, it they can heal quicker from the grief and others need a little bit more time with it. So sit with it for as long as you need to. And um, you'll know when it's time to move on, because if you're not feeling comfortable anymore, if you're feeling that grief and it's making you upset, it's help. It's not helping you to function anymore, then you need to find a way to move forward from it. Not to say that you're not going to miss your loved one anymore or have memories or sad moments, because I think that th 
those will always be a part of your life after someone passes. Uh-huh. I know that my father passed away. It'll be 14 years in November since he passed. And I can't watch an episode of This Is Us without getting a little misty-eyed. I can't um, function through Father's Day without, you know, being sad about the fact he's not here anymore. There are lots. His birthday is still a challenge for me. So I think that there's always going to be difficult moments once you lose a loved one. But I think the point is to get to a point in your life where that grief isn't swallowing you whole. It's not um, all encompassing anymore. You can have good days, you can function in a meaningful and effective way, and you can, yeah, do what you were put on this earth to do. And I think that that's the point is that grief is a part of life. We can't escape it unless you never truly loved someone in your life, then maybe you can get through life without experiencing grief. But I think that that's, just as traumatic an experience to um, to live through. But I think that, yeah, it's just about being patient with yourself and with the journey and having faith that it will get better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's about, that's what happened to me. That's also too, I meant to say that too. Thank you so much for that. It's all about patience and healing because you, because grief is not, oh, you're not over it yet. No, no hello, get away from me, you know? Right. <laughs> no, get away. Get away. If you don't understand it, then then leave. You're not in my. You're yeah. not in my world, and, and you you you're not part of my inner tribe because that's what I'm learning about. Who's my inner tribe is who who needs to be let go or what what happens. Not let go, but I I will embrace the love for them anyway, no matter what. Even though we're not speaking or anything like that anymore, I will still shine a white light on them and just have them be gone with their own personal lives because in the end I'm in my own personal journey and they did nothing but the best and and did what they did. I am grateful for what they did. I am. I have to say. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with loving people from a distance. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) That is true because that's how I feel about my parents (laughs) because I'm like, right. (laughs) You know, but I get it. Sandy, thank you so much for sharing your journey and the lessons you've learned and um, offering advice for somebody who may be going through something similar in their own life. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, just to let everyone know that that it's all it's it's a journey and to continue on this journey of your your, your path to healing. Um, because healing is, is not time sensitive. It's not date sensitive or whatever. It's not going to be, you know, oh, when, when is this going to be over? No, it's about yeah, no expiry. Date. Yeah. No expired date. <laughs> it's about taking the time to heal and heal on your own and take that, that, um, push and, and build upon it because it's, it's all about healing your mind and your soul and your body. But thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. And I hope it helped other, help other of your um, listeners of what I've been through. And hopefully they can make their necessary changes of their life. Yes. Um, so for those of you listening, if you want to learn more about Sandy and find out where you can reach her and see what she's up to, you can head back to the show notes and um, there will be links to her website as well as her social media profiles and so you can check her out there and um again 
Thank you so much, Sandy, for your time and sharing your wisdom and experiences. Bye, everyone. Take care. And guys, we will see you next week. Have an awesome day.